Uh, all right, 12 minutes after that, where uh, Andrew, Ray, uh, Andrew Raycroft, Andrew McCarthy is uh, going to join us here in just a couple seconds. You know, pretty in pink, less than zero, and part of the what they call the Brat Pack. Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson, Demi Moore, you know, Molly Ringwald. Uh, those actors at the time were kind of put in this group. Uh, they're telling me he is uh, on the phone and ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, would you, would you please welcome to the uh, show, star of st stage, screen. I mean, I don't know stage, but I know he's screen. I know he's been he's directed. <laughs> I know he's written books. It's Andrew McCarthy. How are you, Andrew? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Is I'm good. Is stage in your repertoire? Have you? I'm sure you must have done stage work at some point, yeah? Yeah, I do. I do indeed, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, welcome to the show, and uh, I'm going to start off. He's got a brand new book out called Brat, an 80s story, and I grew up, you know, like you did. I think we're probably not far in, in age, but I grew up watching you on screen in the St. Elmo's Fire and the Brat, the Brat Pack, as they called them back in the 80s, and then, you know, you went into the other side of television and movies. You've directed a lot. And what made you decide to sort of, okay, let's take stock and let's tell this story from the inside? What, what, was there a life event that made you want to tell the story or what? Oh, I think, you know, you just get old enough and survive enough, you kind of go, oh, let's take a look under that rock. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, those few years were such a seminal part of my life and changed my life to such a, a degree. My life became very different than it would have been had the Brad Pack not happened. And so I just thought I should kind of finally look at it and see... Uh, what really happened, because I ran from it for so long, I think. I think it was just such a kind of overwhelming event in my life that I just... And, and people would always come up to me over the years about the movies and things, and I'd always have that sort of stock answer, but I thought I should just sort of take a look at it and see... Uh, what I really thought about it, what, what and what the hell really happened? <laughs> right. Well, th looking back, right, the hindsight is twenty twenty thing. Perspective is always better when it's in the rearview mirror. But you know, when you were going through it at the time, now this is this is a level of fame before social media and everybody with a phone has a camera on it. Thank God, because I mean. You guys got a lot of attention. The spotlight was white hot on all of you. What was the most difficult part of that period of time? Do you sound like a person of our generation? We always, oh, thank God, we didn't have cell phones to capture everything. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, the funny thing is, at the time, it felt so leading edge and so public and so intense the way we think it is. You know, say it is now. And but at the time, we were the that was the leading edge too. And there was all this press and all these TV shows and this kind of stuff. So it it just felt um, it seemed to come out of nowhere in a certain way. And it was it was interesting why it sort of happened you know and i think the brad pack label helped it happen in a certain way i think a lot of us resisted the label for a long time sure but if we'd made the same movies and the brad pack term didn't exist it probably wouldn't have gathered the kind of um now iconic kind of social status that it, it has for a generation yeah, that's true. Andrew McCarthy on the phone with us from St. Elmo's Fire Weekend at Bernie's Pretty in Pink and More. He's got a book out called Brat, an 80s story. Go ahead, Scotty. Andrew, as you look back at your career, is there anything that you passed on that you wish you hadn't? Or is there anything that you played that maybe you wish you'd passed on? <laughs> uh, we probably shouldn't have done Weekend at Bernie's too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think one, one was probably enough, you know. I think you know Bernie lives on, but uh, the second one might have been gilding the lily there. Uh, although someone was recently talking about a third one, I'm like, oh my god, really? Is That's he still dead? Funny. That's too and, funny. Uh, but but uh, you know, back in the day, you know, it was a different world too, in the sense that 
I wasn't offered lots of movies back then. You know, you sort of auditioned for the next job, and it was much more of this kind of a small-town venture than it, uh, mm-hmm. it is now, where it's such a sort of corporate huge thing. Yeah, know? I get you. Go ahead, uh, Laura. I want to say your best role, or your most freaky, is the Law & Order SVU episode. It's called Slaves. It's one of my favorite episodes, <laughs> and you are horrifying. And I love that you. It, it was great. It was a, that is the it, nicest thing you could you ever know, say. You did a great job. <laughs> Do you remember working the on Law Order? <laughs> is that yeah, is that the one where I kept the sex slave under my bed? Yes, in a box. Oh, in oh my goodness, that it, it was horrifying and. It's crazy, but yes, you did a great job on that. Would you ever go back and do? Because they re like they invite people to come back and do other characters. Would you go back on SVU? Um, I was actually the guy who directed Weekend at Bernie's. Ted Kotcheff, uh is the guy who directed that, which is why I did that show. Because Ted said, "Come on, I got this really weird part for you. Come do it." And then a few years after that, they asked me if I would come and re- reprise the same character again. And I said, "Ted, really? I, I don't think they'll have another person under another bed. I mean, what do we do?" So I think I think once was enough for that guy. Yeah, I'm looking at your resume, and it's really long, and that's, that's what she one. asked. I will about. always that's remember. Free. Like, I mean, I love Weekend Burger stuff, but you appearing in that and playing that character—it's something that will haunt me. And I don't—I think I was in like high school when that came out, and it's, it haunts me forever. That's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, Andrew McCarthy on the phone with us, Kelly Brown. Andrew, I saw the CBS Sunday Morning piece. They did a great job. But you talked about um, being part of this Hollywood ensemble uh, picture. And, you know, all the legends were there. I think Jimmy Stewart was there. And you just you kind of said you felt like you didn't belong there. Well, it was one of those uh, things as well. You have to put in a little context. I, I used to drink a bit back in the day, back mm. in the 80s. And I was so deeply hungover the day of the shoot that I sort of hid in the corner of it. And uh, I was quite intimidated by, you know, there's Jimmy Stewart, there's Gregory Peck, there's Charles Hessen, there's Robert De Niro, there's Elizabeth Taylor. And I was like, oh, my God, and here I am. Here's Andy from New Jersey in the picture. <laughs> right. Quite a, um oh, intimidating uh, moment. Well, you talked about you saw Tom Cruise, and now he handled it differently because he was so over the top. He was wearing a red shirt in the middle of the thing. Uh, well, Tom is Tom, you know. I mean, he's always been out there front and center, and uh, look at me, and uh, in that sort of wonderful, confident way. And I just sort of, I remember on the day kind of looking at Tom, and I, got to, I knew Tom a little bit back then. I said, wow, look at, look at him. It's just, I just never would have had the, uh, whether it's confidence or belief or whatever, to sort of stand up there and row three dead center, and, you know, I, I just kind of marvel at the different people's, presentation in the world. The difference, Andrew, is you're a human, and I think he might be an alien. <laughs> he might be an alien. I'm not exactly sure. Andrew, I want to ask this, because like I talked about earlier when I mentioned, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Was there any uh, role that you did, performance that you did, where at the time, maybe you didn't feel good about it, but maybe, you know, time has given you a new perspective, and you're like, you know, I, I, got, I cut myself a break. That was actually pretty good. Anything you look back on and, and, and feel better about that maybe you didn't at the time? Uh, interesting. You know, I, I always thought, that on a bigger scale, I thought Pretty in Pink was this, when we were making it, was the silliest movie in the world. It's like, this is a movie about a girl who makes a dress and wants to go to a dance. I mean, who cares? And I was clearly wrong again about that one. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I love that. And then, uh, you know, Less Than Zero, I didn't think I was particularly uh, very effective in Less Than Zero, but over time, people have, that, there's a certain demographic uh, 
that either recovering druggies or people that avoided drugs mm-hmm. that love that movie. And I've grown to have a little more affection for that movie than I did at the time. I, I saw Less Than Zero at the theater, and I was like, wow, that was that was, uh, that was was a strong movie for, for me. Pretty and Pink, I, I absolutely loved. I, it's funny how, you know, because you change, right? I mean, you get, a, you get your perspective on life, as you said, and you learn things, and maybe you're a little bit more... Um, easy on yourself when you look back and go, okay, not that bad. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that now. I'm always interested in that perspective. So, is there anything? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what happened. I think in my at, at the time because it all just seemed so hard and pressure at the time. Just to look back and realize also what those movies have become for a generation of people. They're this touchstone to their youth. Right. That is a powerful thing. You know, it just brings people back to a moment in their life mm-hmm. that they look back on with such affection. And I have now become this sort of avatar for that <laughs> recollection for them and that to come to realize that and accept that as kind of a beautiful thing is that that i am appreciative of. that's great well it was great to talk to you one last quick question have you ever been to new hampshire andrew i have okay Portsmouth a number of times okay because i was uh, and the reason i'm bringing it up here is because roadkill is you were at a restaurant behind him once this is when cell phones first started and there were no cameras and he's like he was texting me going andrew mccarthy is sitting behind me at a pizza place <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't believe him until now i i had to believe him actually you know so. wait this, this is a pizza place? Uh, it, it, it was a uh, brick oven pizza place in downtown Portsmouth, probably. Yeah, I know exactly. They made really good pizza. Yeah, I Very was there a couple of times. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> I, all, all Gaslight. These, I was looking for Bernie, but it was just you and your family. All these years, I thought he was lying, Andrew, and now you proved me wrong. <laughs> That's great. Well, dude, thank you uh, for taking the time to be on the show. The book is called Brat, an 80s story. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great story told by Andrew McCarthy. So nice to get a chance to talk to you, Andrew. We appreciate the time today. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, take care. Um, okay. So, you didn't, you don't like him. Well, he seemed. Do you still not gi- like him? I would give him a second chance. I don't think I'm gonna go back and watch those movies. Well, that's no, just, but I that's mean, just you, not my like thing. You didn't like him. No. And I'm like, did you see? And what, what was it? The was it the. Um, it's the pizza place on Market Street. It's got the gaslight, isn't it? Gaslight. No, no, it's got the no? brick uh, brick oven. It's all open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Portsmouth Pie Company. Is that what? I can't. Uh, that's what I think it uh, is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but you've never liked Portsmouth him. Portsmouth Pizza like, Factory. Uh, no. That's it. Yep. Portsmouth Pizza in Islington um, Street. Yeah. No. No. Not no. It. That's not it. Not it. All right. Whatever. Uh, you never liked him. No, I didn't. He made me laugh. Okay. That was yeah. All right. You got a new perspective. Maybe I'll check out Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. One and two. He, um, I think, if I if I read correctly, uh, he, you know, he he had some issues, right, with the with the alcohol. Yeah, he was also tended to be critical about things, you know, that he did and the people and stuff, and has since mellowed. So maybe that's good. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. So. All right, there you go. Everybody with age mellows except Laura. Today on uh, the Buzz Twenty Four Seven, we're going to talk to Topher Grace. From that '70s show, he's been in a bunch of movies too. You, you, you haven't, you haven't relaxed. You, you become almost more. Oh my god! No, you, you know what's funny about you? You're headed for a crash. You don't even know it. Yeah, you guys have been saying that to me though for a long time. I know. I worry. I, I, I'm not even. This is not a joke. I worry about you being so high strung, and your head's going to explode. Honestly, if it happens, then I'll get put on the medication. But I, look now, at, I look at I look at Brittany, and I look at it as like that's what's going to mm-hmm. happen to you. <laughs> 
I wear shorts underneath my dresses just in case I get into a car and there's a camera. We're going to see I you know, at some point. Yeah. I know how gonna, to... head's going to be shaved. You're yep. going to be attacking a, photo, a photographer with a, an umbrella. Kayla will be making excuses for oh, you. Oh, yeah. 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 Leave Laura alone! Dollar Dave will have to step in, take over your finances yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Baby, can't you see? And Jeff is going to be... What's uh, Brittany's first husband? Federline. Kevin, Kevin. Federline. <laughs> He's going to be like, I'm moving on. I'm on. I'm moving on. I'm out. You know, no. uh, I don't want you to reach that point. I think so. it'll be okay. I hope so. A lot of I people so. say they're worried, yeah. though. I still worry. You know, a lot of people who lived next door to Ed Gein said he was a great, very good guy. <laughs> okay. Because right. he was making mm-hmm. furniture with flesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I decide this? I want to focus, that's when I'll go put on something. Okay. okay. All right. It is uh, not.